I'm Drew Frampton, and for over a decade, I've been in the mortgage industry. In other words, I put people in debt for a living. My clients range from tech CEOs to mailmen, and it's given me the unique opportunity to see the financial underbelly of Silicon Valley. I spent the last month renovating my garage and setting up a podcast studio to give you an inside look of the Bay Area. I'm Drew, and this is my garage. Live. Andrew, thanks so much for being on the show. Appreciate it. Of course. Happy to be here. Awesome. Um, all right. So we've known each other for quite some time now. Um, I, when did you get into the real estate industry? So I got into the real estate industry at a very young age. In fact, okay. I started studying for the license exam when I turned 17. And no kidding. As soon as I turned, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. As soon as I turned 18, I began selling homes in a suburb of Los Angeles. Huh. I had no idea. Yep. Okay. Uh, what year was that? 2005, 2006. Okay, so you got before the crash. Yep, yeah, I got in uh, when I was still in high school, I was selling real estate. Okay, a um, little bit different from today. Yeah, well, the market was different. Um, certainly not a lot of my peers were doing that, um, right. but I just always had a fascination with entrepreneurship and with business and real estate, and I thought this was a great entry point. So when I started studying for the exam, I didn't really know if anyone would trust a pimply-faced 18-year-old. To, with did the they? Biggest, they did. They did. Okay, you know, it, it was a story of persistence because I knew that I couldn't do it alone. And so I sought out the number one real estate broker in my city <laughs> and knocked on his door. It was a, basically a cold call. And yeah. I said I wanted to be part of his team. And he said, <laughs> you could be my intern. Okay. And I said, no, You're I want to. paid a lot of money, right? <laughs> <to do that. laughs> well, I said, I, I actually don't want to be an intern. I want right. to be a buyer specialist. And I persisted for several weeks until finally he opened the door and said, okay, you can be one of my... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it taught me a lesson about persistence, uh, respectful persistence, because uh, this is someone who I I truly admire and respect, uh, Al D'Amico of Keller Williams and Palos Verdes. And he (laughs) taught me a lot about real estate. He convinced me to go to uh, university, despite the fact that I wanted to continue pursuing real estate. Okay. And um, and yeah, it was a a really good experience. And it really opened my eyes to the power of real estate, um, both in how fulfilling it can be as a real estate professional, helping people achieve their dreams of home ownership right. um, and also just how powerful it can be even from an income perspective. Um, if you do a good job and you're persistent and uh, you are successful, you can right. make a lot of money. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to get a lot of yeses. You got to get, get a lot of people what they want in order for you to get what you want, but it could be a fantastic industry, fantastic career. Right. Um, okay. So you got in 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. You were 17 when you were training for your, or studying for your license. Um, you got your license, then you went to university. Right. Okay. And That's to... backwards, by the way, <laughs> FYI. You know what? I, uh, I went to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. Right. And while I was there, I, my fascination for real estate grew stronger. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I wanted to found the real estate club at the university. I wanted to learn how to buy real estate. Were you the most popular kid in school? No, not, not at all. Uh, <laughs> like a ton of like, hey, real estate. <laughs> I was probably the nerdiest, but I, okay. I saw an opportunity to learn from people who had more experience than I did. Right. And when I was at Cal Poly, I sought out mentorship from different professors, okay. uh, from uh, entrepreneurs who I really admired, like Paul Orfield, the founder of Kinko's. And it was, in, it was through that experience that I, I learned that I actually could buy real estate 
but I'd have to lean on others for the experience, but also the capital, right? <laughs> okay. I only had a few thousand dollars to my right. name uh, in my savings account, and I learned that I can put together an investment thesis and do some research and mm. uh, pool capital from my finance professors and other investors okay. to buy multifamily property out of state. Gotcha. And that All was right. a, a really great experience. It was a lot of fun, uh, great learning, a yeah. lot of elbow grease, a lot of uh, manual that. labor. Yeah. But it, uh, you know, we had some home runs. We had some complete disasters. Right. And it and really, really good learning experience. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, learn by doing was the mantra yeah. of Cal Poly, and gotcha. I completely embraced it and had a, a, a really uh, fun time doing it. Okay. So, flash forward, you've now uh, graduated Cal Poly. What did you do next? So I, I had a short stint in public accounting, which was okay. a mistake for me. Okay. Uh, I, Is that what you got your? your I studied your, finance, and and you know we have a strong accounting program at Cal Poly, so right. I got recruited to one of the big four accounting firms. Okay. Did that for all of about ninety days before yeah. I realized it okay. wasn't for me. <laughs> And it's a grind. It, it is. Grind and a grind. It, yeah. yeah, it's a grind. But what I what I what I learned through that experience is that um, there are other ways to um, I don't know to diver diversify. Right. And what I, while I was in that job, I started another company in the healthy food vending machine space. Lovely. And, okay. And then another in the um, in the online dating space. Okay. okay. And it was uh, you know I, eventually I, I kept getting attracted to real estate. Right. Gotcha. And I ended up um, uh, buying more real estate uh, through partnerships and LLCs. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then at some point I realized that, hey, I love real estate. Um, that my co-founder at the time, uh, who was uh, a co-founder in the dating app that I founded, right. um, he and I actually realized that, you know, I have a passion for real estate. He has a passion for technology. Let's combine those passions and right. found a platform that actually empowers real estate brokers and real estate agents. Because when we looked at the landscape in Silicon Valley, we noticed that a lot of the companies, sorry, a lot of the founders that were being funded by venture capital firms were designed to disrupt the industry or right. somehow disintermediate the broker or the agent from the transaction. Disruption is a huge word. It's right. probably an overly used or misused word right. also, right. but it's it's, um, it's it's romanticized by Silicon Valley. Sure. Um, if you aren't... It's feared by those that are incumbent in, in the industry. That's right. Yeah. Usually, you know, more than it needs to be feared. Right. Um, but we realized, you know, it's, I'm, not, I'm not one to romanticize the status quo. I just right. feel like there's a bigger opportunity in empowering people that represent a big industry, right? right? Um, at the end of the day, of course, I want to earn a profit from our, for our shareholders and, and, our, and, and, and everyone who's involved in our company. Sure. Um, but I think the best way to do that is to empower real estate professionals and give them access to the best data and the best technology so that they can amplify the value that they bring to their clients. Hmm. Okay. So you're a real estate agent mm -hmm. and you started a real estate agent-ish company, right? That right. helps real estate agents. Right, I think that, you know, back to the founders that are trying to disrupt the industry, right. many of those founders have no experience selling real estate. Right, and they're just outside looking in going, sure. 
wait a minute, look at all that profit there. Right, right? and I think that industry outsiders sometimes bring a fresh perspective to the industry, so I wouldn't right. write them off completely. Sure. But at the same time, they aren't as familiar with the complexity or how emotional or how large these transactions are. Right. Um, this is not a commodity. This is not selling a share of Apple. Right. This is, every home is unique. Every neighborhood is different. And for most people, it's a very emotionally uh, complex and challenging transaction that you really want a trained professional to help with. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I'm not a fan of the, well, I think licenses are important in some ways, but a license doesn't mean that you're a good agent. Right. But those who are good agents are worth every you know thing that they charge and more, right? Because not only they're safeguarding, you know, your 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 funds, but they're going to make sure that you're not getting yourself in too deep on a property that maybe doesn't make sense. They're going to help you negotiate. They're going to, I mean, there's so many things, the due diligence, um, that, you know, that just in itself, if you're going to put an app on that, there's a lot of things maybe, you know, to streamline, make things more efficient. But at the end of the day, because it's so varied, there's so many, you know, facets involved in real estate to say, okay, we're going to just, um, you know, turn this into one big machine, that's hard to do. Sure, and I think two comments on that. You know, first off, I, I think that um, it's hard to distinguish those excellent agents from the average yeah. agent, Absolutely. right? I think that was the aim of the National Association of Realtors. Okay. And while that trade association has made strides in that direction, right. unfortunately, um, being a realtor these days means that you pay your association dues. But today, I think that the distinction is a little harder to make because the for the consumer you're saying for the consumer frankly right. i think some of the the profession uh, some of the differences between a realtor and a real estate agent are sometimes lost on the profession okay. um, but they're certainly lost on the consumer right. I, I would argue that most consumers don't know the difference between a real estate agent and a realtor i, I would definitely agree with that so they resort to yelp they resort right. to zillow reviews which do a decent job as well right. But the other point I wanted to make is there is going to be the stratification of real estate professionals. There's going to be different tiers of real estate professionals based on the needs of the consumer. So when you say that a real estate transaction is far too complex to be replaced by technology, there's some truth to that. Mm -hmm. But there's also going to be those transactions that require um, less human touch. Right? And, and so whether it's a, an REO where a bank is trying to sell a home or whether it's an extremely motivated seller that doesn't care about losing some extra margin on the property, then maybe you know, what they're calling iBuyers is appropriate where uh, a seller sure. would rather have you know, an, an offer right away, sure. um, that, an all cash offer that will close in, in several days or, right. or close whenever it's convenient for them where they don't need strangers marching through their house on the weekends. Right. That may be the case. You're going to pay more for that, sure. Um, but that that's going to be okay. Um, there are going to be other people who are going to require more handholding, um, uh, more care. Um, they really care to optimize for the maximum sales price. Of course, you're going to want a trained and highly regarded and esteemed real estate professional for that. Sure. Um, but I think that's it, there's going to be this separation, just like there was in in financial technology and fintech, right? right. Where um, you have the upper echelon of wealth managers who charge full fees right. and they provide full service. And, right. and when you call them, they're going to pick up the phone. Um, and then you have E-Trade, which is sort of a hybrid, right? right? You have you can make trades on your computer, but you can also reach out to a financial advisor 
advisor or someone to help you. Right. And then you have you know these new apps like Robinhood where you can just make trades on the fly, but you're probably not going to get uh, a lot of care if you if you need some professional advice. Right. No, not at all. So I think that we're going to see that play out a little bit more. This concept of iBuyers is seen by most real estate professionals today as, uh, as an extremely uh, small segment of the market, right. which it is. But over time, I think that will grow. And, hmm. Okay. And How much do you think? Uh, I think you know, we might see, geez, by 2025, probably in the mm-hmm. next five or six years, we'll probably see maybe 10% of homes being sold that way, Okay. which may sound scary. And I think it's right. going to compress real estate professionals and, and really challenge them to up their game and to sure. and to really elevate the value that they bring to the transaction. I mean, sorry not to stop you, but all right, if, if you've got an iBuyer and you are a real estate agent, you're trying to compete for that business, what do you bring to the table that, you know, a service, an app, of an AI brings that, you know, is any different? Sure. Well, I think that the iBuyer services are predicated on what's called an AVM or an automated valuation model. Right. These are algorithms that are going to price your home. And there's some type one and type two errors there, right? right? They may overpay for your home, but they may underpay for your home as well because it's really tough for an algorithm or a formula to come up with an accurate value of your home, right? right? Because um, even if you live in, in, in tract housing, you're going to find that some houses face a different direction or you're going to uh, observe that you know there's um, you know there's been a different remodel done to the kitchen these are things that are a little harder to pick up with technology right. even through surveying and pictures so if you want a full service agent you're probably going to maximize the sale price of the home sure and you're also going to be in a position where you're gonna have a little bit more more care right you're, you're going to have a trained professional who can help mm-hmm. you navigate see around corners etc uh, who's going to be a local expert and that makes all the difference gotcha so iBuyers, that's coming on, I, I mean, what was it, maybe a year or two ago that we've seen um, a couple of, I, I know a couple of uh, companies, and I'm sure, sure. You're, you're in it even further, that if that's all they do. But now I think Zillow even is doing something similar, is that right? Right, so Open Door was really the first major player okay. in the space, and that was founded um, by a few people who are highly regarded and have had sex, su- successful exits in our industry. Um, right. Keith Raboy, who is a famous uh, venture capital investor. Okay. Um, Eric Wu, who sold one of his companies to Trulia many years ago. Um, and what we're going to see is more companies entering the space. We mm-hmm. saw Zillow Group enter that space uh, a couple of years ago, um, and there's been many more. Right. And, and I many think more to come. Many more to come. I, right. I think that you're going to see franchises and real estate companies um, start to give that product to their agents so that an agent can walk into their listing appointment and they can uh, give optionality to their clients, right? If you want a full service agent to sell your home, it's going to take anywhere between four and eight weeks and there's gonna be some uncertainty and we're gonna need to clean up your home for the open houses, et cetera. Right. Or you can take this other option and instead of paying you know, five or 6%, maybe you're gonna pay seven or 8%, but if that's worth it for you, then that's an option that I as a real estate professional can, can offer to you. Gotcha. Now, you know, this isn't, I mean, most real estate agents, they're not really too concerned, at least from my limited experience with the iBuyers. But what they are concerned about is, you know, how do they, one, get the leads, and then two, keep the leads. Right. So, you know, is there anything that Real Scout does that can help with that? 
Can, sure. can Real Scout, let's, let's start with the, the uh, first one. Can Real Scout help with getting the leads? Sure, let me start by explaining what Real Scout is sure. and what we're not. Because sure. when we founded Real Scout, we looked at the landscape and we noticed that there were a lot of companies that were promising leads. And oftentimes you get a bucket full of leads and maybe a few of them are good, if that. Sure, absolutely. The fundamentals of being a successful real estate agent haven't changed in the past couple of decades, meaning your clients are going to come from your sphere of influence, right. from repeat and referral business. Right. It's going to come from open houses or door knocking. Can you get leads online? Will they be you know, uh, real leads that you can close? Absolutely, that exists, but you need systems in place. Sure. And it's not easy. And you're going to get a lot of no's before you get yeses. That's okay. Some agents have the systems in place to make that be a profitable, positive ROI experience. Most agents do not. And talk about online leads. Online leads, yeah. right? They're, there's, they're, they're a dime a dozen, and there's uh, a few diamonds in the rough, but yeah. you have to work them really aggressively. Right. It's why in, in, in companies- You typically pay more than a dime for a dozen leads. That's true. <laughs> yes, you-, you Usually you, a few X more than you, that. That's true. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that it's yeah. scalable. You can throw sure. a lot of money at it, but right. you're going to get a lot more leads, and, right. and there's going to be some more diamonds in that rough, but it's right. a lot of rough to get through. Absolutely. And so oftentimes you find that real estate agents aren't calling back the leads, aren't calling them back quickly enough, and it's a bad experience for everyone. The consumers yeah. are fatigued because they either get no calls back or all the calls back. <laughs> yeah, and the, the all the calls back is like, you know, just- It's over, overwhelming, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and then the agents, you know, when they get a lead while they're at dinner with their family, do they really want to pick up the phone? No, because maybe there's a one in 10 chance that lead will convert. Maybe right. actually far less than that. Maybe right. one in 20% chance, right. one in 20 chance. So uh, I think that that's why companies like Zillow and OpCity, which was just purchased by Realtor.com, are, are going deeper in the funnel. They're actually incubating those leads. They're calling them with their own call centers to right. warm them up and then to tr connect them with the, the best agent for the job. Gotcha. So um, long way of saying we don't do lead gen as a company. We focus on lead conversion. That's okay. the part of the funnel that is probably the mo most important for a real estate agent, it's where the agent can, uh, earns their commission, where they get right. a $20 internet lead and they convert it into a $10,000 commission check. And it's where the work's at. It's where the work's at. So right. if you can introduce tools to make that workflow easier or simpler or more automated, right. then you're gonna get more ROI on that dollar. You know, I often ask real estate agents who are very uh, focused and obsessed about buying new leads, if you look at the past 12 months of, of your business, what percentage of your closings not your leads, but what percentage of your closings right. came from search engine optimization or social media marketing? All these things are perceived to be very important, but if you look at it, it's probably sphere of influence, it's probably repeat and referral business. Right. If you can double your conversion rate on that business, that's way better than even five times you know, the, the effort into SEO or something that's gonna to be top of funnel. Right. So at Real Scout, what we do is we allow agents to uh, have their own branded search portal. So it's like having your own branded version of one of the national portals. Okay. And you can invite your clients to that platform and you can collaborate with them around home search in order to convert that lead at a higher rate. So and I like the word collaborate. Because well, collaborating with who? With your client, with the, the client. agent okay. and client collaborating. Because today, when your clients are searching on a portal right. and you're searching on the MLS, that creates a, a rift in the relationship, right? right? You're using different technology. When your client says they're searching in Mountain View, but now they're searching in San Francisco, how do you know that, right? right? You don't. 
unless you call them or reach out to them. But if you have software that will ping you, it will send you a text message where you can look in your dashboard and see that they're, they've shifted their cr criteria. That's going to be important in you delivering that next level of service that right. makes you stand out from the competition. Well, and I know just from my own experience that someone says, oh, I'm not buying for nine months. And the next week they're in contract. Right. Go, Wait a minute. You told me nine months. Well, we just, we found this house. We were just, you know, up late last, last night. Searching on Zillow. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is if, if they, if your clients are searching on other platforms, then how are you made aware of those important changes and preferences or activity? Right. If you have a client who says they're very active and then they go dormant, do you want to know about that? Right. If they're if they're dormant and you thought they're out of the market, but last night they looked at a hundred homes, do you right. want to know about that? Right. You need to have a platform like Real Scout. And to and up until this point, most agents have been using outdated IDX widgets or websites mm -hmm. that hardly engage or captivate clients right and for us you know we've invested tens of millions of dollars into the product because we know that our experience has to compete with the experience consumers have come to expect on the portals right and you're you're following that behavior so if you give that data back to the salesperson they can not only be a better salesperson but they can actually you know and i think this goes hand in hand uh, give a better service to the client. Right. I, I think it transforms you from a salesperson into a consultant. Absolutely. Because instead of just knocking on their door every few days because your CRM told you to follow up with them, <laughs> right. you're knocking... The same canned message. That, right. You know, Are you ready to buy yet? Are you yeah. ready to buy yet? No, no, no. no. You're, you're actually ready to buy because I noticed you're ready to buy. Right. And that... Hey, I noticed you like X. Right. Lots of light in kitchens. By the way, I know this home that's not on the market. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we're not talking about someone's Amazon search history or their Google right. search history or what they do on Facebook. We're talking about their preferences in a home. Right. So consumers like the fact that their agents are able to keep tabs on their home search right. because they're able to see ahead of the curve. The agents right. are able to be a mind reader and say, hey, I noticed you're searching in this neighborhood or I noticed you're searching for a lot of homes near a Google shuttle stop. Is that important to you? And right. here are some other homes that match that criteria. Interesting. Okay. And I mean, what what have you seen in the market? I mean, it, obviously you guys have been around for a while. You know, there's been some receptivity to this from other agents. Um, you know, what are you seeing with the market itself, with the industry itself? I mean, sure. how does that fit in? Well, there's a few ways to answer that question. Um, I think that your viewers probably understand the market better than we do um, <laughs> in some ways because right. they're out talking to clients, et cetera. Sure. Um, we do have an interesting opportunity to reveal home buyer demand. And what I mean by that is we have all these consumers searching on our platform, and these are consumers that are deep in the funnel. They're already working with a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. they already, uh, they're advanced in their home search mode. They're ready to make a buying decision. Right. And so we know what the highest intent home buyers are searching for and how their tastes are changing. Okay. We know what price point they're looking at and how that's changed over the past six months. Right. So in 2019, as we start to reveal more of those insights uh, with with the industry, mm -hmm. we're going to have a real-time pulse on home buyer demand. I mean, we're in January of 2019, mm -hmm. right? Uh, 2018, just value-wise, inventory-wise, demand-wise, was a pretty, not dramatic, I don't know if that's the appropriate word, but there's a shift, mm -hmm. right? Um, so what you're telling me is that in 2019, um, you're ahead of that curve because you're seeing before somebody buys, takes 30 days to close, and then it starts trickling into all the data centers. You're saying it's, it's, it's ahead of even writing an offer, you're getting the inside look. 
Exactly. Another way to put that is I was just in New York City uh, a few weeks ago and one of the brokers there was telling me that when their agents go onto listing appointments, sometimes the seller says, you know what, Drew, um, I think my home is worth $2 million because my neighbor's house sold for $2 million six months ago. Right. Well, guess what? In the past six months, the, the market has changed. Right. But today's real estate agents don't have access to those data points. Right, all they have is comps. They have the comps. And if there's not a lot of comps in a particular neighborhood right. for many months, then it's, it's a really bad proxy to understand a right. home's true worth. Or maybe there was a lot of activity at one point, but maybe not anymore, so they know, hey, you know, we're gonna need to do X, Y, and Z to get this home sold at the price you want. Right, and if you can reveal home buyer demand, and you right. can understand that the demand for a four bedroom home in this neighborhood at this price point has plummeted 20% in the past 30 days, right? that's an important insight that I would expect my real estate professional to share with me. Right. And today's real estate professionals don't have access to that data, they rely on lagging indicators, right. like the comps. Right. Right. I almost feel like if I was, <laughs> if someone said, that, well, "How much is your house worth?" I don't know. Let's sell it and see. You know. And, and what you're saying is you actually can get ahead of the curve here. Right. And say, "Well, I know that there's 20 buyers who are looking for your exact home." That's right. And what you just said there is what most honest real estate professionals will tell their clients, which is, right. "Let's put it on the market and see what happens." Right. Because they don't have a real-time pulse on home buyer demand. If you mm -hmm. knew the demand for a particular home, you know you'd have a better picture of what the home is worth and how many buyers are out there that would be a good, a good match. Well, and what I like about this, this product, and I'm not a real estate agent, so I, I don't get the inside scoop. So it, it, a lot of times, you know, for me, I'm on the finance side, so I just hear, hey, we found a house. Okay, cool. I didn't know if you were really active or not active. You came in, you got pre-approved, you sent me every little piece of paper that you could imagine. So I think you're kind of, you know, <laughs> into this whole buying process. Um, but I never get to get that inside, hey, every weekend we've been looking, unless I'm following up saying, are you guys still interested? Sure. Um, so to me, I would love that for the mortgage industry, please. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think that there is this really neat thing that, you know, for you and I, I mean, I, I, I like finance, I geek out on that. Obviously, you had a real estate club in university, you wanted to be a real estate agent since, you know, you were yay high. Um, you know, I think that's that's great, but for a lot of people, you know, the numbers, the, the data isn't what excites them in this industry, right? So in real estate, it's really about taking care of the people, the people. Um, how does Real, Real Scout help with just service, right? Sure. That, that five-star service. Well, it keeps you top of mind. If sure. the relationship with your client is important to you, then you probably want to use the same software as your clients use. Right. And if they're using a different platform than you are, then what does that say about the state of the relationship? It means that there is a wedge being driven between you and your clients. Okay. If you work with a financial advisor and they say, Drew, thanks so much for coming in today. Um, I'd really love to work with you. I enjoy the people person part of my job. Right. But if you have questions related to the price or, or your investment strategy, why don't you go to yahoofinance.com? <laughs> that would be a problem. Right. And if you go to your doctor and they say, hey, right. Drew, I know you, you have this you know, issue that you, you want looked at. Why don't right. you go to webmd.com? Yeah, that's scary. That's scary, right? <laughs> yeah, really scary. And, and I think oftentimes our industry you know, compares the sophistication or the complexity of what we do with those fields, certainly finance. Right. Um, this is a huge asset. It's, in fact, for most Americans, it's going to be their largest investment. Why are we not equipping our agents 
in our profession with the most advanced technology. You don't have to be a geek. You don't have to run advanced reports. But certainly, if you can engage your clients and have them search for a home with you, that seems pretty fundamental. And I think that a lot of times, I, I feel like the real estate industry has given up on that because for the longest time, they've crammed these little widgets on their website, and those widgets don't work. Right. And so they've conceded or they've waved the white flag. And it's important to remember, you know, when you're deep in the funnel and you're working with your client, you need to be collaborating with them, not only in person and through a buyer consultation, but also with the tools and technology that you make available to them. Absolutely. Um, all right. So just this industry in general, um, I mean, you're flying all over the country, evangelizing not only your company, but also the fact that you love real estate and you think other people should too. Um, tell me, I mean, and I, I'll probably hold you to it, but I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to. Um, where do you see our industry going? You know, what five, 10, one year from now, what, what are your thoughts on our industry, real estate in general? Sure, so I, I think that real estate is cyclical. I don't think that I know that. Sure. And when there is a slowdown in the market, oftentimes that pushes out a lot of the real estate practitioners who are hobbyists. And what you find is that there's a, a unique opportunity for real estate agents to raise the bar. And um, I conducted a similar interview to the one we're, we're doing now. I conducted it with the uh, new CEO of the National Association of Realtors, Bob Goldberg. Yeah. Um, and these interviews are available on YouTube. Um, the conversation we had was very frank. Bob Goldberg believes that um, raising the bar for the Realtor brand is important. And even if that results in a shrinking of its membership base, um, we are, it's going to be better for the industry. If the word Realtor is, uh, represents an elevated brand of real estate agents, mm-hmm. then I think that's going to be good for the industry. It's going to allow the distinction between a Realtor and a real estate agent to be more pronounced, and mm-hmm. consumers are going to be able to make more informed decisions about who they are represented by. Um, it's a long way of saying that when we see a shift in the market, we're going to see um, a bifurcation between the high-end real estate professionals who are truly professionals right. and the folks who maybe don't sell as many homes or don't have as much experience. Right. And I think what, what that's going to result in is fewer realtors out there. Right. Um, uh, we are going to see um, this interesting convergence of technology and people. What, what, what's commonly referred to in the venture capital community as, as man-machine symbiosis, okay. where technology comes to the aid of real estate professionals and elevates the value that they bring to their transactions. Gotcha. And sometimes that sounds scary because you know, here in Silicon Valley, I'm sure you see the self-driving cars <laughs> driving around and you know, is this technology, are you know, iBuyers going to replace real estate agents or in some way disintermediate them? To me, the answer is no. I think that this technology is going to make agents more efficient. It's going to make them more effective. Um, It's going to make them in higher demand by their consumers if they use the technology and if they adopt it. Gotcha. Um, And and there's no getting around technology, right? It's here to stay. It's not like we're going to throw our computers away. Um, It's where a lot of buyers start their search. That's right. Um, So certainly, you know, not being afraid of it. Something that's really exciting, at least for me, is you know it's almost become more simple, right? You don't have to build a widget. You, don't have to, you know, it's just like, hey, here, put your your name, your last name, your email address, your I don't know what it takes to sign up, but um, it's 
now it's a lot easier than knowing some HTML code, some a little bit of CSS to make it, you know, it's, it's plug and play. Absolutely, and there are products out there that are, are sometimes a bit more complex, right. but these days there are, are best-in-class products in every category. If right. you want a CRM, there's great tools out there. If you right. want open house registration, there's Spacio. If you want uh, home search, there's RealScout. Right. If you want transaction management, there's .loop or there's DocuSign. Um, these are not terribly difficult to use. There is some learning curve and you have to commit yourself to that. Right. Um, oftentimes, you know, I hear people talk about top producing real estate agents and how some of them don't use email. That's true. I know some of them. I know some, some agents who are making close to seven figures and they don't use... Um, I don't want to know those people. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, some of them use Post-its or Rolodex. Right. And right. what's interesting is, you know, those, those agents are few and far between. Sure. And as you put it, clients are largely using technology. Right. Even in high-end markets, right. those high-end buyers are still searching online for homes. And right. if you want to be top of mind, if you want to be chosen as the real estate agent who helps them with their transaction, you're going to have to use the same tools that they do. Certainly. So, I mean, definitely this man-machine symbiosis, I like that, I haven't heard that, um, is probably here and, and will continue to be um, something that we'll see. Um, I'm definitely somebody who's like, hey, let's embrace this. Let's figure out what works and be ahead of it. But I know that there are others who are a little fearful of it. Um, and, you know, you might disagree, but I think at the end of the day, it's still business. And business doesn't change, right? You need to provide the absolute best service. You need to give them more than what they're paying for. And if you can do that, then you'll be in business for a long, long time. Technology helps us meet the needs of our consumers better. Right. And a great analogy, I think, is um, there's a form of machine learning called computer vision. And computer vision allows computers to make sense of the visual world the same way we do as humans, right? Because these are hmm. machines guided by cameras. And at the end of the day, we are machines guided by cameras. Yeah. And so this technology came into the fields of medicine and transportation. And in the field of medicine, for instance, um, computer vision can take a look at x-rays and identify certain types of cancer with the same accuracy as the top oncologists or radiologists in the world. Right. That is an incredible innovation that will save countless lives right. over the years. Some radiologists or oncologists may feel threatened by that. Right. right? If your whole job is to um, diagnose or identify certain types of cancer, how will this technology impact your profession? Well, it turns out that those radiologists, those professionals who are able to uh, implement and, and manage and use that technology are able to better meet the needs of their patients and are therefore in higher demand right. by their patients. And I think we're going to see something similar in real estate where if you adopt technology, if you take the time to learn it, even if it's not easy, even if it's not something that you particularly enjoy doing, um, you're gonna be able to do that for your clients. And the reason why I, I, I'm very fond of or familiar with computer vision is that we pioneered computer vision in the real estate industry. Okay. So if you have a, a client- X-rays and stuff? <laughs> not x-rays. <laughs> okay. um, uh, something a little bit um, less important for the world but more entertaining for your clients <laughs> is when your clients are searching for a home on RealScout and right. they open up a photo slideshow of a property, right. On any other website, they have to click 30 times to find the picture of the kitchen. Right. On RealScout, they can just click on the word kitchen and they can see all the kitchen photographs or <laughs> click on the word bathroom. Or how about this? You take two or three listings you like, 
compare them side by side. We automatically put the kitchen side by side, the bathroom side by side. You do room by room. Exactly. Comparison. And that's like, something that other industries have had for years. Right. But real estate, the most important transaction these consumers will make, right. they don't have access to that data and they don't have access to it on the portals either. So right. you really need to have Real Scout if you want to offer your clients uh, best in class home search. I like it. And, you know, I mean, not to, for me to sell Real Scout, but I definitely think, you know, if you call yourself a professional, whether it's Real Scout or something else, I don't know, your competitors, um, you know, you, you should have the best in class. I mean, right. you're, they're calling you a professional, they're bringing you to the table saying, hey, help us with this immensely important transaction uh, in our lives you should probably know what you're doing. And you owe it to your clients. And if, if it's not Real Scout, maybe it's Boomtown, maybe it's you know some you know other home search product out there. Right. Um, but to ignore that piece of your business, I think is a risky move in Absolutely. today's environment. Yeah, and like we talked about, you know, things are shifting, not only in the market, but in technology, in our industry, in lots of different industries, um, you know, technology is changing the way that we do business. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about, you know, you, you and I were chatting just a little bit. Um, you're doing a video, a movie, a documentary? Yeah, so we, uh, we've been telling our story for several years now. It's something we're, we're very passionate about. Not necessarily the story of Real Scout, but the story of how the industry has changed over the past 10 years. All right. right? How um, brokerages, which used to be the gatekeeper of information, that role is changing a bit into more of a service provider. A good example of that would be how brokerages used to be the gatekeeper for listing data. And if you wanted to understand the inventory in a market, you would have to work with a real estate professional who had a binder of all the listings or who had access to the MLS. Today, I would argue that consumers have easier access to that data than agents do. It may not be as accurate, it may not be as complete at times, but it's easier. Is it easier to use Zillow than the MLS? Probably, I think even right. real estate professionals, maybe even some association leaders would admit to that. <laughs> right. um, and so what happened is the, the data, the listing data became democratized. It became commodity. And now um, there are still some people in the industry trying to put that horse back in the barn, but it's out. Right. It's out. And you can't argue that, right. you know, you know, you cannot, there, there's different associations or different brokerages that are trying to withhold their listings or not syndicate them with portals. And it right. always ends the same way. It always ends with, wait a second, I thought we're fiduciaries for our clients. Shouldn't we look out for their best interests instead of our own? Right. And they syndicate. And what most agents and brokerages haven't picked up on yet is that every marketplace has two sides, right? There's supply and demand for any marketplace and listings falls into the supply bucket. Sure. But there's another bucket called home buyer demand and right. that is access to the highest intent home buyers in the industry. <laughs> Agents have access to that. They have an advantage over any of the websites out there because they have access to the home buyers who are advanced in their home search, ready to make a buying decision. And that's why a true professional, when you say, hey, how much is my home worth? They know, hey, I've got 10 people looking for this exact home. That's right. And if you can scale that, so instead of your data points being 10, right. instead of it being binder, the, exactly, the binder of home buyers, right. instead of having a data set of 10, right. instead of your office's data set of 100, right. what if you can have a data set of 10,000 or 100,000? And that's what's happening right now with Real Scout is all these brokerages, whether it's a Keller Williams office or a Remax office or Alon Pinnell Realtors or Intero, 
all these brokerages are coming together onto one platform, <laughs> which is a form of cooperation right. that we haven't seen since the creation of the MLS. And when these brokerages come together and they put their buyers onto one platform, they have a broader data set to work with. Right. So it, it goes back to the question or the, the conversation we were having about what is the demand for a home at this price point. But it also allows a listing agent at Coldwell Banker to mm -hmm. identify that there are 30 buyers out there represented by agents at Coldwell Banker, but also Remax, also <laughs> Sotheby's. And to identify and contact the agents who represent those buyers. Oh, no way. To create a mark, uh, a network of professionals, similar right. to like a LinkedIn. Right. And that is the future of real estate as we see it. Interesting. And yeah. that's what this documentary is all about. Um, uh, the URL is secretresourcewar.com. Secret? Resourcewar. Resourcewar. .com. Gotcha. And, um, and you can put in the description of this, of this video. But the, the idea here is that um, there's, there's a, a trailer and you can sign up to see the full length yeah. uh, film. Is it on? It's live right now? Yeah, it's live okay. right now. Cool. Yeah, and awesome. we're, we're really excited about it. You know, All this right. is a story that we're passionate about. It's, it's, again, less of a story about Real Scout and more of a story about uh, how the industry is coming together to deliver more for their clients. Um, so, uh, yeah, I hope you, hope you enjoy it. Awesome. And, um, is this something that's, I mean, are you guys progressing and kind of hitting milestones with this resource war? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, the, the reason why we call it a resource war is that there are companies out there racing for control of your buyers okay. and for brokerages to captivate their buyers at scale is unprecedented in our industry, at least technologically speaking. Right. Um, are we seeing milestones and success with this model? Absolutely. Um, okay. We launched um, this concept of what we're calling a buyer graph, which is a, a network of buyers in a market. Right. Uh, we launched this um, several months ago in New York City with almost every single major brokerage in New York City um, as a participant. And they do some real estate there. They do some real estate yeah. there. I mean, we have everyone from Douglas Elliman to Brown Harris Stevens, Halstead, Warburg, Stribling, um, more that will be announced soon. Right. Um, we launched in San Francisco about a month ago okay. with, uh, I'm going to forget names here, but Alon Pinnell and Tero and Sotheby's and Vanguard and Climb and uh, I, I know I'm, I'm missing a bunch, but Put you know, <laughs> but we 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 have these very strong network effects we're building, where this platform becomes more valuable as more brokerages become members, right. and um, we're going to see uh, future announcements in the in the coming <laughs> weeks of biographs being lit up all, all across the country. So, biograph is that is that metro area that you're talking about? Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's most relevant when you're connected to other agents in your market. Uh, I think in the future we can open up the biograph to maybe a national or international scale where if you have a client who's looking for a home in New York but you're an agent in San Francisco is a referral that could be made there there's some interesting opportunities but right now we're really focused on a more narrowly defined geography <laughs> I like it that's really cool and um, this buyer graph I mean watch the video there's a trailer is that yep, right? that's a trailer okay mm -hmm. cool and uh, I can, there's some kind of form somewhere I can learn more, right? There yep. we go, learn more. Yeah, you can learn cool. more. Um, uh, it's, it's something that um, you're going to be hearing a lot more about very mm -hmm. soon. Awesome. And what's the correct, just 
because I'm totally out of the loop here. What's the correct term? Is it buyer graph? Mm -hmm. The resource war is that, that buyer graph. Yeah, right? so the, the title of the documentary is um, The Secret Real Estate War, uh, sorry, The Secret Resource War in Real Estate. Okay. And um, the buyer graph is an understanding of buyers in your market. Right. And a buyer graph already exists today. Uh, when you see, when you go to your sales meeting and somebody mm -hmm. stands up in front of the room and says, hey, I have a listing, anyone here have a buyer? Sometimes that's the most important part of the whole meeting. That's right. <laughs> And so the the buyers represented by the agents in that room, that's a buyer graph. Gotcha. The buyer it's graph, micro. it's micro. And the buyer graph that we're helping facilitate is far larger. It's vast. It's right. across an entire market. So on RealScout, when you put your when when you um, access a listing dashboard on RealScout, mm -hmm. you're accessing a 24/7 sales meeting that has mm -hmm. the potential to span across other uh, brokerages in your right. market. Wow. So it's, it's immensely powerful. We're something that drives us. It's something that keeps us excited and, and, and working long hours to put this product <laughs> out. Um, but it's something that's already generating results for agents across the country. I love it. That's brilliant. Um, and honestly, I know I keep saying this, but it, it, at the end of the day, it's helping the client. And right. that's what we're all here for. Um, I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, thanks for, you know, being out there ahead of it all. Uh, it's really, really fun to see you doing it. My pleasure. It's been fun. Cool, man. Thanks, Drew. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Drew's Garage. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, comment, or do whatever you do best, and I'll see you next time.